All right, y'all can have a seat. Um, I'm going to need f- four kids to help me. Okay, we got Hayes. Come on up, Hayes. Let's do uh, Sam. May, you want to come up? Okay. We got one more. Field. Okay. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Okay, Field, you need to go find, go look high and low and find one grown-up that you want to come help you, okay? It needs to be uh, a, a man, okay? May, you go find a grown-up man that's not your daddy, okay? All right, Sam, you need to go five, get five grown-ups that are men and women. Just anyone you pick has to come up here, so dealer's choice. Okay, five total. And Hayes, you do the same thing. Five total people, bring them up with you, okay? There you go, Jim. All right, once you got your people, come on up. Okay. So if you are, let's see. All right. If you are Hayes' people, you're going to be angels with him, okay? So we need, this is our angels over here. If you're with Sam, you're going to be shepherds, okay? And um, Eric, you're going to be Caesar. And, <laughs> sorry. Corey, you're going to be Quirinius, okay? Okay, so everybody start off over here. And we're going to, I'm going to read, this is our passage for today. This is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And we're going to have this acted out. Um, by our amazing performers up here, okay? So uh, here we go. So when, I, when, I, when you hear yourself called, just go on up to the stage and do what comes natural, okay? In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus <laughs> that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor in Syria. Okay, show us how you govern. There you go. Okay. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. Oh, and Field, you're going to be Joseph, okay? And May, hey, May, you're going to be Mary, okay? So come over here with Field. Okay. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. All right, so you guys go over to the tree. Go over, walk up to that far tree over there. (laughs) To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. You don't have to act that part out. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Okay. So now we need our shepherds. So 
Shepherds, if you guys will kind of go to the steps here. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch. We'll see you keep watch, guys. Keeping watch over their flock by night. And Hayes, you're the first angel here. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. <laughs> and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, this is you guys get ready to join him. Suddenly, crank it. There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, nice exit, Cam. <laughs> the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph. And the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, way to go, guys. Y'all can go have a seat. I'm going to pray for us. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, this is a word that is familiar to many of us here tonight, but I pray that you would bring it to us in a fresh way. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, speak your word to us, to comfort us, to encourage us, to convict us, to lead us to deeper and deeper and deeper dependence on you and deeper experience of the communion that we have with you. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so I was thinking about this this week, and uh, it made me think of something that I, I hate feeling small. Like, anybody with me on that? I hate feeling small, and as a kid, it bothered me so badly that I was very skinny as a kid, and I always wanted to be bigger, and it drove me crazy. And then since then, there have been plenty of times in my life that I have felt small in a ton of different ways. And there's plenty of ways that you all feel small. Uh, maybe it's because something about our appearance or we don't have enough money or we don't have the position that we want to have or we can't get people to do what we want them to do or we're alone or whatever it is. Um, 
But it's, it's this thing that's deep in us that we hate to feel small. And so I want to read through this passage together and just look at, look at what it is to be small. Um, we start off hearing about Caesar Augustus. This was the most powerful man on the face of the earth. And if you stop and think and you're honest about a lot of your prayers and desires, it's really in different ways to be bigger. Um, and so here was the biggest man in the whole world at this time. This man made decrees for the world, and everyone had to obey him. So I want to just stop here and ask, um, do you think, and we don't, we don't know the answer, but do you think that Caesar Augustus was fulfilled? Do you think that he had joy? Do you think that he had peace? Do you think that he felt free? The most powerful man in the world with all of the power, all of the money. Do you think that he had any of these deeper things? And so let's just stop here and be honest that a lot of times, our, I mean, we don't want to be Caesar Augustus, but we just want to be a little bit more like him, right? If I could just be a little more powerful or have a little more money or have a little more fill in the blank. And this is the ultimate end. And this man could cause everyone in the world to go to their hometown at a certain time because he demanded it. And yet, does he have the things that your heart is craving and that my heart is craving? And then as we, we roll on and see our, our cast of characters here, we see Joseph, who also felt small. He was very poor. He was a carpenter. He was a nobody. He was not anybody special. And it says that he was having to go from where he lived now, which was Nazareth, to Bethlehem. And so just to put this in perspective, do you remember what uh, was said of Nazareth when uh, Jesus was calling his disciples to himself? Somebody? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Nazareth is backwater. <laughs> It is like fill in the blank with your favorite surrounding area of Nashville. I'm not going to say anything out loud because I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> and he's going from that to what is said in the prophet Micah about Bethlehem that it is so small that it's hard, to even, it's hard for it even to be counted as part of that land. It's so small, it's so easy to just pass right over it. It's like a, a one-stop sign town. So Joseph is a nobody going from a nowhere place to another nowhere place to be reminded of where he came from, which was nowhere and nothing to a bunch of nobodies. And, and he's going with his betrothed, with his fiance, who is pregnant, and he is not the father. So I don't know what's going on in his mind. I mean, he may have been at peace after the angel visited him and told him what was happening, or he may have been like a lot of us, or all of us from time to time when I read something that God says is true and I don't see it, I don't feel it, and so it doesn't always feel true. So maybe he was not at peace with that. Maybe he was still doubting and wondering what was happening with the fact that his betrothed was pregnant and he was not the father. But one thing we know was true is that other people in the town who knew what was going on they didn't get visited by any angels. And so they all had opinions on Joseph for staying with Mary 
And, and most of those people's opinions were not positive. It was probably, this guy is a fool. This guy's an absolute fool. So this nobody from nowhere, who nobody knows about until now, and the reason they know about him is because he's a fool. Okay, now we get down to Mary. <laughs> I mean, if you are a mother and you think about the care with which you want to give your children especially your babies, especially your firstborn baby. Mary is giving birth to her firstborn baby in a place where they feed animals. So how do you think she was feeling about her status in the world and about her abilities as a mother? Maybe she was feeling great because she was taking the angel's words and she was, she was trusting those fully. I don't know. But maybe not. But either way, um, this woman and her baby were so small that people wouldn't even open up space for them in a, a room for humans. That this baby was being laid in a, a feeding trough for animals. And then we fast forward to cutscene to the shepherds, more small people. These people were nobodies, but they were also smelly. <laughs> They were poor, and they were doing the job that nobody else wanted to do. And they were out on their own, and they were in this field. Nobody's in the middle of nowhere. And y'all, the reason I believe that we have a problem with feeling small is because it's hard to believe that you can be loved when you're small. It's hard to believe that anyone could love you when you're small, so I need to be bigger I need to be more attractive. I need to have more things going for me. I need to have it all together. I need to know more. I need to understand more. I need to be in a better position than I find myself. I feel like I'm behind where I should be at this age or this stage. And if it's hard for us to believe that other people can love us as we are, as the little people that we are, then it is infinitely harder to believe that God can really love us as little people. And, and we may not make that direct connection when we, when we think about these things, when we feel things like shame and guilt and insecurity and all the things that we feel, but y'all, that relationship is what we were made for. I haven't done the altar call yet, and it's happening. This is awesome. <laughs> the spirit is moving. But whether you make that connection or not, whether I make that connection or not when I'm feeling these things, you better believe that's something that's going on in your heart, is it is hard for me to believe that God can love me the way that I am right now. I need to be better, I need to be holier, I need to be more dedicated, I need to be more something, anything, than what I am right now. And so God meets us in that place, and, and he, he does it in this, the same way that he does it here in this passage. This angel shows up. Notice the, the, the three people or three groups of people that are small. Each of them has a heavenly messenger who is holy, who is in the presence of the living God all times, praising him, seeing him exactly as he is. Each of these small people, Joseph, Mary, this group of shepherds, God sent a, a heavenly messenger to each of them to say, hey, I'm with you, I love you, I'm working in you, I'm working through you, I've not forgotten you. 
you are deeply treasured by me. And what this angel says to the shepherds is this. I'm on the wrong page. Fear not. Why were they afraid? Whether they knew it or not, the reason they were afraid is because in their smallness, they did bad things. Just like all of us. When we feel small, we find ways to feel big, and we do it on our own terms. And that is sin. That's another way to talk about sin. So it's like these these people are greeted by someone who is in the presence of God and is so majestic that it's almost hard to believe it's not God. And their first experience is fear. Because when when I am in the presence of a, a holy God, and I know who I am, and I know what I think, and what I say, and what I do, and what I've done, then I, I do not feel okay in his presence. I feel more than small, I feel terrified. But the angel says something, fear not, because I'm bringing you good news. Not good advice, not ways that you can make yourself bigger, not ways that God can make you bigger if you just follow these three easy steps. I'm bringing you good news of great joy. And joy can only come when you're not in control of it. Joy can only come when it's a gift that's given to you, and that's what this is. This is good news of this gift who is being born to them. This baby is not just being born to Mary. This baby is being born to these shepherds and to every single man and woman who God has called to himself. Unto you is born today in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The one who you need, the one who, the only one who can can bridge this divide between you and God, the only one who can do anything (laughs) to get you to this thing that you were made for, which is this intimacy with God forever, not just for this life, but for all eternity. We are immortal souls, and we crave, and we were made for union with the living God for all eternity, not just for the 80 years or however long we have on this earth. And he's saying the one who has made this possible is born to you today. And here's a sign for you, little shepherds. Here's a sign that you can actually believe that he's born to you, is that you're going to find him where you live, He's not going to be in a palace. He's going to be in the animal trough. He's going to be with the animals. He's going to be smelly. He's going to be small, just like you. And then there's this amazing, the greatest concert that's ever been witnessed on earth. The heavenly hosts, they're praising God. And what they say is greatest glory to God for this. Of all all the things that God is and all the things that God has done, this is what he gets highest glory for is not being so awesome in these other ways. It's the fact that he showed his love for us and that he is willing to become small and to ultimately give himself over to death on behalf of little sinful people who have nothing going for us except that he has pointed to us and said, you're mine and I love you and I'm bringing you to myself. And that is what is the highest glory. This is what displays God's glory in the highest is this baby Jesus who was born 
to save his people from sin and to bring them home forever. And so after this concert, the angels go away, the shepherds follow them and go into Bethlehem and find the manger and find uh, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, and it's all exactly as the angels said. And so they share this news with Mary and Joseph, and this all connects with the angels and what they said to Mary and what they said to Joseph. And so there's this moment of mutual recognition where these small people are realizing God is here. God is here with us. And in Mary's case, he is literally being birthed through me. He is in our midst as this baby, but he's also in our midst in terms of how he's working and the way that he's speaking to us and the way that he's leading us. And, and this is true for us today. You know, um, when this episode ends, the shepherds are praising God, but then what do they do after that? And for the rest of their days, they go back to being shepherds. In the world's eyes, they're still nobodies. And what happens after this for Mary and Joseph? They go back to Nazareth. In the, in the world's eyes, they're still nobodies, and Joseph is still a fool. And Mary is still a woman of ill repute to a lot of people. And the Lord doesn't wash any of that stuff away. They're still living in their smallness. And y'all, this is, this is how he works in our midst too, here at Midtown West, between these relationships of these men and women and children who are here. Like, he is speaking to us through his word and through his Holy Spirit and through one another. And when we converge with one another and we share what he's saying to us and we realize, oh, that's the same thing he said to me. And he creates these moments where we are reminded and encouraged in a deep, powerful way, like, you're not far away, you're here. And you're in us, and you're speaking to us, and you're speaking through us, and you're doing something here. And we're watching people's lives be changed, and we're watching our own lives be changed, and we're watching with amazement at how he leads, and how he encourages, and how he comforts, and how he does all the things that he does in us, even though we're still small even though we're still the same that we were before he spoke to us. And he's saying, take heart. He's saying what Jesus says in Luke 12, 32. Fear not, little flock. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Y'all, this Christmas season, um, this is not our home. This is not our home. And this is not where we feel big, and this is not where we are sinless, and this is not where we feel significant and fulfilled at all times. But you have a Savior who loves you, who's given himself for you. You have a Lord who is your shepherd, who is guiding you through this life to your home, which is with him, where you will be forever. And so even now, even now that we are not at home, but we are on the journey home, he makes it very clear through his deep encouragement to us that he is with us. And the same message to the shepherds is the same message to us tonight. No matter what you're going into after this, no matter what family members you're spending time with, no matter whether you have family members to spend time with or not, whether you're alone or you're going to a place where you'd rather be alone or whatever it is, don't be afraid. 
because God is with you and he loves you. And because of the finished work of his son that we celebrate his birth, you have peace, lasting eternal peace, and you have joy. Even in the midst of circumstances and suffering, you have joy. And the world cannot touch that joy. And you don't need to be bigger to enjoy it. So uh, as we continue to worship, know this Christmas Eve that you are deeply loved and seen and known by your heavenly Father and by your Savior and King Jesus and by the Holy Spirit that he has sent to dwell in you. And he is leading you and shepherding you all of your days. He is not far. He is very near. In fact, he dwells within you and in the midst of us as this body. Father, thank you. Would you continue to open our eyes and move powerfully in us? May we experience in a a deeper way the truth of everything that we're singing about and talking about and reading and praying. And we ask this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.